Welcome back to the Mountains and the Sea. I'm Christy. And this is Josh. And we're so glad you're back with us today. Today, we have alternate takes of some songs from the Gold Experience. Christy's dream podcast episode series continues. Yes, it does. It's great. And videos from that era. Yep. So the unreleased songs that we're going to talk about are not unreleased, really. They're alternate versions. Some are unreleased. But they're unreleased, but they're alternate versions of released songs, either on this album or other albums. True. So we have Endorphin Machine, two versions of Gold, Shy, the studio track of Days of Wild, and Billy Jack Bitch. We have videos for Dolphin, Gold, I Hate You, Endorphin Machine, Rock and Roll is Alive, The Most Beautiful Girl in the World, and we have appearances on David Letterman and the 1995 American Music Awards. Yeah. What I couldn't find that I looked for but was unable to locate was that there were promotional videos for both Now and Shh, and I could not... Don't shush me. (laughs) It's not my fault. Why couldn't you find these for me? I don't know. (laughs) Well, I don't know where they are. And I've never seen them and didn't even know they existed. Yeah, well, according to Prince Vault, they exist. Nope. But they don't have any information about them. Yeah. So it's one of those, perhaps they exist somewhere in the ether. I would love to know where that is. So if you know, I would love to see it. Would you please find us on social media? You can find us on Twitter at TMATS, T-M-A-T-S, podcast. That stands for The Mountains and the Sea podcast. You can find us on Facebook, The Mountains and the Sea, a Prince podcast. Or you could send me an email, tmatspodcast at gmail.com. I would love to see that. And I'm going to put links to as much of this as I was able to find. That's a lot of it. it which is a lot of it. I've seen the list. <laughs> there were a few things that I couldn't find links to. That's okay. But there's a lot of material here. There there's plenty of material. There's and, pl- and all the videos that we're going to discuss. Yes. You've got links to to post because we know there's nothing more exciting than listening to two people talk about <laughs> videos for music in a podcast where you can't see them. So yeah. my advice would be follow us on social media and then you can see all these videos too. Cheers. Yeah. Cheers. All right, so shall we start talking about some alternate takes of music? Alternate takes of music? Alternate takes of music. You've got my interest now. (laughs) Yes. We're going to start with Endorphin Machine. Right. So this was an earlier version of the song that actually had made the rounds before the Gold Experience ever came out. And that was totally Prince's doing. He had uh, circulated a tape that had alternate or early versions of many of the songs that were on the Gold Experience to fans, and of course those were shared all over the place, and Mm -hmm. Endorphin Machine is one of them. Yes, and that's how a lot of people knew a lot of the songs before the album came out, so when he played them in concert, people sing along, so if you hear people... You know, singing along to an album that hasn't yet been released that Prince is performing. That's why. That's why. Well, it's a bunch of smart fans and uh, fans who generally share things openly with one another and want everyone to experience it. So 
That was a good thing. Yeah. I don't know if we mentioned in the last episode, too, when we covered, uh, or two episodes ago, rather, when we covered the gold experience, that endorphin machine with the name all shoved together kind of indicates that it may have at one time been on the configuration for Come, which was full of one-word titles. Mm -hmm. Um, And the other thing that lends credit to that theory is the fact that on an early tape that Prince circulated, endorphin machine at the end transitioned seamlessly into space. Oh, I didn't um, So that. it originally had a home on a different album, and that may be also why it is named the way it is named and not two words. Excellent. No, we didn't talk about that last time. Well, we did I now. didn't realize that. So now we check have. the box. <laughs> box checked. Great. Cha-ching. This is a bit more stripped down than the album version. Yes. I would say. Uh-huh. Yeah. I, my notes were that it's clearly an earlier version of the song, obviously, that we know, and that it's just missing a lot of the gloss that was added to the song for the Gold Experience, which some people tend to say that the Gold Experience is a little overproduced and super glossy, but it's not called the Matte Experience. <laughs> it's the Gold Experience. So, it's shiny and glittery. Yeah, matte being M-A-T-T-E, I should say. Like, yeah. Not as shiny. Yes. Um, so... The one glaring instrument not present on this version of the song is cowbell. The cowbell. It's not there. So Christopher Walken <laughs> is not happy with this version. Um, and clearly Prince wasn't either because he added more cowbell for mm-hmm. the album version to the dismay yeah. of many. I thought that the vocal track sounds identical or almost identical or most of it was used for the album version. I from thought this it had too. a little bit different tone in his voice. Like, I don't mm. know if he did something to change it a little, if he changed it in post or if he just did a really good job. Mm-hmm. That could be recreating it. It sounded a little different to me. Oh, okay. And not not really deeper. I can't quite put my finger on it, but it could just it, be little, how it was mixed. That um, could be. You know, there are additional parts to his lyrics that are either in the mix a little differently. Most notably, to me, is his hawker. <laughs> yes, it's a little it's a little know, more it's, it's, overt in this is. one. Yes, mm-hmm. that's like at the three minute and three second mark where he sums it up and spits. If you're not familiar with the term hawker, is that, a, <laughs> is that an international term? I, I don't know. Outside of the U.S., does that make sense to people? Oh, well, it's like different than like a spit. Like, oh, yeah. It's, it's more like a guttural. You like oh, yeah, really work it up. and Yeah, you do a little phlegm collection, uh-huh. and then you spit it out. Yeah. And that's what he does. A little bit more pronounced yes. in this version. Mm-hmm. It's kind of buried in the in the album version. And yeah. This one, it's a little more to the forefront. Yeah. I also thought there's a guitar solo at the two-minute, five-second mark. <laughs> Uh, That is um, different, clearly different, different playing of the guitar solo, and it's a little meaner and more frantic in this version, which I thought was actually superior to the album version. Yes, I agree. I liked that. I can see how if you heard this version first, that the little interjections that are kind of in it might have been irritating for you. I find them really charming, but of course... My first experience with this song was the album version. Yeah. So I agree. I missed the interjections, but the guitar here is better. 
Right. In general, I thought that it sounded like this version of the song could have gone on the album Chaos and Disorder Mm. in 1996, which was Mm -hmm. a little more stripped down, very sort of one cut, not over, not super produced, you know, collection of songs. And this sounds like it could have been one of those. Yeah. To me. Yeah. Um, I don't have a preference really of one over the other. I like them both. I think it's great to have them both. This one has been circulating in great quality forever. So take your pick, you know, make a playlist and stick this version in there if you like it better. Mm -hmm. Or put them both on there. Put them both on. You can't get too much of this song. They're both good. Yeah. They're both very good. Yeah. I was, I was cool with this version. The, I can see how the cowbell will get to people because once you hear it, if you focus on it, it becomes this thing that just sort of haunts you. <laughs> You're it haunted haunts me. by. The- <laughs> I'm haunted by. Hey, it's a did, cowbell. There's no cow. It's did a little, you, it's I was just going to say, did you have a bad experience with no? Uh, you know, as a child no, in no all in the my, fields of Indiana with nope. a cow outside your window. No, they were all very happy and they ate apples from my hands along with the sheep. So I don't have any problem with cows or cowbell necessarily. It's just a little comical now when you think of the Saturday Night Live skit with Christopher Walken and. Will Ferrell and, you know, they're calling for more cowbell and that's something that has clearly been added to the album version from here. So maybe it's annoying because it's fair or not. People see it in light of the silly sketch oh. that, you know, cowbell added to sounds. I like cowbell. You know, I enjoy a little cowbell in my song. I think it's a fun, unusual instrument to include. It was more unusual in 1995 than it is now. That's true. You're probably right. So he was a pioneer. Yeah. How can you be against pioneering well, Prince? I mean, you think of all the things that Prince was good at. I think that cowbell probably <laughs> just d- took a lot of skill to play a cowbell. Right. I, mean, <laughs> I could play a cowbell. Able to keep tempo would be the only real requirement. And well, to have then maybe a I can't play cowbell. But you could do it with your face. <laughs> <laughs> So I guess maybe that's the, <laughs> all right. That's so thing. you know, if you decide to play cowbell with your face, please you video it and sure. just send it to us. <laughs> we don't recommend it. <laughs> I, I don't. But if you do it, I want to see it. <laughs> um, I just went back for fun and did a little side by side comparison. This version of the song is three minutes and fifty one seconds, and the album version is four minutes and seven seconds. Of course, that includes probably a little intro and outro sounds, mm-hmm. but this is a little shorter than what you find well, on the album version. Yeah, he, they included the Spanish bit at the end of the album version. Yes, it's yes. not here. Which is Prince is I Dead, Prince is Dead, yeah. Long Live the New Power Generation. Yeah. It's not part of this, so that's yeah. probably what I don't it miss longer. it. Well, um, but you know what is missing? His assurance that he's not going to hurt anyone. I don't hurt you. Oh, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't include that. I don't want to hurt no, you. No, he didn't. He didn't feel yes. it necessary right. to to assure anyone that he was going to be calm and careful. With You're them. right. I had missed that that being absent. <laughs> so I guess I didn't ever feel threatened by the endorphin machine. So. <laughs> well, you believe in it, so it's all fine. That's true. I yeah. do believe in it. It won't hurt a bit unless you don't believe in it. Correct. You believe in it, so we're in good shape. Yep. All right, we're going to move on to gold number one. Yes, so there are two versions of gold circulating. Gold number one is the one we're talking about now. We also have gold number two. 
which I always had a little problem with the, you know, uh, labeling of these. But okay, well, we could call them gold version one and gold version oh, two, so okay. we don't take a gold number two. <laughs> if you take gold number two, I want to see that too. That's true. We, we wouldn't be making this podcast if I did that. We would be spending our time elsewhere. Not that we make any gold from this podcast. <laughs> No. Um, anyway, so gold number one, meaning uh, earlier version than uh-huh. number two, is what yeah. we're talking about. So, like Endorphin Machine, this this is clearly a um, early version of the song. With yes, with to my ear, Prince's vocals from this version are used on the album, but with much of the music being reworked or added to. This almost seems like a studio sketch of the song to Fair. get it down to come back and work on some more. So it's a cool glimpse into, you know, the process, the process of, of making a finished song. So, yep. you know, none of the higher pitched keyboards that are prominent in the album version are present in this, yes. which you miss a lot because that kind of what is what defines the studio version. Right. It's great. It's kind of neat to hear it without those yeah. on there, I think. Yeah. It's quite a bit shorter than the album version. Well, yeah, and I forgot how long the album version is, which yeah. seven minutes and 23 seconds for the album version, which may be a little lengthy. <laughs> uh, this one it comes just under six minutes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, I, it's a lot, missing a lot of the grand sounds. Yes. It's much more acoustic sounding. Yes. I had a note also that even the acoustic guitar itself sounds more prominent yes. in the mix of the song. It's present in the album version, but it's more to the forefront. And yes. this makes you right. Which, yes. You like? I, uh, I liked you it. Just, you're okay. I'm, I'm kind of indifferent. Okay. I, I liked it. It was fine. I don't dislike the album version. Uh-huh. I still don't think it should have been the single. But, I totally agree. But, yeah. Although, like, I hate you, I bet if we went back and listened to the radio edit of gold we may prefer it yeah uh, to, know, the to the album, album version, version. So something that a little something to revisit something mm-hmm. a little more condensed and edited which yeah. i'm usually not a fan of but for songs that it's rare that a prince song seems too long to me yeah um, but in the rare cases and we've got two of them on this album that we both love which is yeah. crazy but the seven inch edit might be something to revisit just mm-hmm. to see i also thought this was a little one note it doesn't really go in different directions as much as the album version aside yeah. from the very end where it kind of breaks down and he counts it off one two one two three four and brings it all back in Oh, and I thought those sounded really like emotional sounding in this version of it. I really liked it. Yeah. There's a, did you notice the buzzing kind of rhythm effect that you can hear throughout the song, but especially in the breakdown near the end, it's right at the five minute and five second mark of the song, just before Prince counts the song back in. It's kind of this electronic buzzing percussion thing that's going on in the background and it comes really apparent during that breakdown moment. And that sound isn't present in the album version at all or on the second version of Gold either. So that's something to go back and and listen to that was kind of just a unique little piece of the song that doesn't appear in any other versions. Another, well, if we make a list of things the song lacks compared to the album version, Cowbell's not on the list, sorry. (laughs) But it doesn't have the background na 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 na's yes. in it anywhere. And I even did at the miss end, those a little bit. You did, yeah. 
they're nice because it's this layering vocal effect that Prince was a master at, um, and they're not here mm-hmm. in this song. And then in addition to Cowbell and Nananaz, um, it also lacks the guitar solo after Prince counts the song back in, at yeah. the, like around the five minute and 25 second mark. And that kind of left an empty hole to me. Like, well, something should be happening here. He got all emotional and counts the song back in, and I'm yeah. waiting for this thing. That yeah, and then it kind of, yeah. Well, and maybe he just wasn't quite there yet. Yeah, which is fine. And then lastly, the NPG operator isn't there from yeah. the album version telling us, um, what does she say? You are now an official member of the new power generation. Welcome to the dawn. We don't get that here. Yeah, that's okay. That's yep. part of what makes the album version so Yeah, clearly those enjoyable. were all added so that yep. it ties everything together, and that makes sense. And the song fades out at the end instead of the album versions. <sighs> yeah, chant. I don't like a fade, but the, again, it was an early version. He yeah. wasn't done. He wasn't done. Yeah. That's right. Probably did not mean for us to hear this or compare these things. I'm not saying one is better than the other because they're clearly different and in a different stage of the process. It's just why we talk about these things because they're interesting. They are interesting. Well, and this is the exact kind of thing that Tom Moon said he'd like to see from the vault is early versions and how much reworking he did and how to get to the finished product, which is typically so amazing, he had a lot of natural ability, but he also had this tremendous work ethic that he employed on all of this. And sometimes he reworked it too much, right? but it was still where there's still something to be learned from that kind of dedication to your craft. Yeah. I think it's always surprising too, to hear these early versions if you've not heard them and it's startling to hear the difference like, Oh, he didn't just record this once and kind of finish it and put it on an album. It was a, a process that no one ever saw. Right. And it's valuable, I think. All right, shall we talk about the second version of it? Yes. This one's a little bit longer than the album version. Right. Yeah. Primarily because of the ending of the song, where yeah. you do get the na-na-na's that go on a little short of eternity. Yeah. Is what I, was, I, I timed it, and that's where I landed. <laughs> Just short of eternity. Okay, So, yeah, there's Fair. the na-na-na-na-na's that kind of ended that actually I, I did time it. It's about a minute and 15 seconds of na-na-na's mm-hmm. with the addition of Prince almost speaking the word gold. Uh-huh, yeah, there's present. like a whole chant at the yeah. end. Uh-huh. Yeah, that goes on also darn near an eternity. Yes. Yeah. Yes, that was one of my notes that that was present here. I liked that. I thought the keyboards and the piano playing were more forceful. Uh-huh. Everybody wants to tell what's already been told. Yeah, definitely a more power ballad feel yes. to it. Uh-huh. Um, still none none of the high-end keyboard parts from the album version and the drums sound more live and that buzzing rhythm part that I mentioned on number mm-hmm. one is not part of this either. Right. And it has the electric guitar yes. and the guitar solo in it yes. um, near the end as well that right. wasn't part of the version one. Yeah, and then we get some harmonizing that he does with himself that was missing from the first version yes. that's 
in this version and ended up in the final version on the album. Mm-hmm. I just thought it was neat to see the progression. It almost felt to me like the first one was not quite enough. Uh-huh. And some things in the second version were a little too much. Okay. And that he took the best of both of those and put them into the album version. You know, I agree. I think the album version is superior to these two build-ups, I yeah. guess if you'll say. Build-up files. Yeah. <laughs> you know, ver- versioning history. Yeah. Um, um, although now I feel inspired to go back and listen to the single and uh, see how it feels in an edited version. But yeah. I would put the album version ahead of both of these, Fair. even though I think they're both interesting listens and worthy of a visit. Yes, for sure. All, All right. right, Gold. All right, Gold. We bid thee farewell. Uh-huh. Adieu to you and you and you. <laughs> All right, then we have the alternate version of Shy. Right. This one's quite different. It Very different. It starts with a bass guitar and not the staccato footsteps. Right. It's more rich yes. musically, I think. Streets around, in search of a home, amongst the wild and I think the minimalism that was present in the album version really, really worked. Mm-hmm. But this is pretty funky. And it is. It's very interesting. It's maybe a little too polished with the gang lyrics. I kind of like that he pulled back some of the polish for yeah. the album version. We mentioned in our review of the album version that this was the only song on that album that had no drums. Um, so hearing drums in the song on this early version yeah. is an eye-opener. And it almost sounds like a remix of the album version. If yeah. Shy had been released as a single, this could have been, and, you know, yeah, the, the Shy Beats remix or yeah. something. Because uh-huh. it's got a little bit of that street urban feel that the Let It Go remix has had. Yes. Um, with kind of a synthy bass part. And like you said, the rhythm guitar from the album version isn't even in this at all. Right. It's completely missing. So yeah. more synths and more drums, which the album version doesn't have any of. Right. And there were some orchestral sounds, mm-hmm. too, in this version that I thought he was really smart to strip out. They did not fit yeah. with the theme. It was a much more effective thing to leave them out than to include them. Yes. And once again, if I had to guess, it sounds to me like his original vocal track from this version is what's used on the album version. There's no lyrical differences at all. Yeah. Um, It's a little shorter than the album version. The album version clocks in at five minutes and four seconds. And this version is four minutes, 52 seconds. But like you said, it, it lacks the footstep intro, which is kind of the it's the oral experience of yeah. after a month of just being alone uh-huh. and walking the streets of L.A. Yeah. The whole beat of the album version, which lacks drums, is sort of based on the, yeah. uh, the footsteps. Staccato footsteps, yeah. yes. Um, and this version also fades out. Yeah. Instead of coming to a nice crisp end like the album version does with kind of a strum of the acoustic guitar at the very end, which I miss in this yeah. version. I'm not a fan of a fade out, so. Yeah, me either. That's kind of well like, known here. Yep, me either. <laughs> me either. So, I don't have a problem with this version. In fact, 
we, I mean, spoiler alert, we shouldn't have a problem with any of this stuff. Because no. it was all, you know, part of the building up to what became a finished album. Yeah. Um, but I did prefer the album version to this version, too. Yeah, but this one's fun and funky and interesting to listen to. Yep. It's totally make worth Make Your it. Own Shy Maxi Single yeah. with this and the album the version. Album version. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's good. All right, then we have the extended studio version of Days of Wild. So this is the uh, a true unreleased studio track yes. by Prince. It has made the rounds or has been released in live form, uh, but Prince went on record as saying that um, he preferred the live version to the studio version and never released it for that yeah. reason. Yeah, so the live version that he released ended up on Crystal Ball. Well, but, it's been released multiple times. Oh, okay. Crystal Ball and then a single in 2002 oh, yeah. with a different live version and That's an right. edit of the live version. So he released it a number of times officially, but always in live form. Right. Mm-hmm. And then we talked about our review of the Time album. There was a live rehearsal medley that he released called Days of Wild and Loose. Uh-huh. They mixed up Days of Wild and Wild of Loose. Uh-huh. Wild and Loose, Loose. Yeah. together. Yeah. So this song had been circulating for years also. Um, I found my first copy on a collection called Dreams. Okay. Um, the studio version is six minutes and seven seconds long. And I just have in all caps, how can you not love this song? <laughs> In any form. You know, it's got this driving bass sound. It's It's got Prince sort of beatboxing. He kind of over, you know, his own bass guitar. Uh Um, You've got a bass and lead guitar solos by Prince. says, you know, hit me a number of times in the song, which sort of uh-huh. became kind of a hallmark of the performance. And these are the days of wild. Hit me. And it's also as fun to sing along with as now, which I always felt like was a sister to Days of Wild. I always thought of them together in a group because yes. he performed them back to back a lot of times in 1994, 1995. Oh, they seem cool. kind of related yeah. to, to me in that regard. I mean, only Prince can have a song this good and not put it on an album that he right. w- at one time had it in mind for and then rely on fans finding it and playing it in concerts while uh-huh. fans gleefully sing along to a yes. song that they should have never heard before. <laughs> yes, which it gives me a, a much less guilty feeling about listening to a song like this because he wanted the fans to know it. He expected them to know it. He exploited the fact that they knew it in concert, which Definitely. is, I think, is great. I The recording that we have is a little bit raw. Yeah. I would, I know Prince preferred the live version, but I would love a pristine copy of this the, to the be released. The one we have is about as clean of a version as you're going to find. Well, I, that's why it's I close. would. It's close. It's close to studio quality. It's Yes, it's but got, I think yeah, would would really like a really nice, perfect version from the estate. Nobody would argue with you on that. I yeah. think um, <laughs> he kind of speaks sing through the song with a very dry effect on. It's his, a very '90s rap style or yeah, early '90s rap or hip hop. Yeah, uh, I mean it's it's like the early versions of before it got so fast and almost unintelligible a lot of the time. 
Yeah. You know, this is this is what rap was like in the early 90s, and I love Yeah, that. he did a great version of yeah. it, his own version. Is your blood type to type that flows, or is your blood type to type just stereo? Sadly, this is also the song that basically made Prince decide, if you listen to his side of the story, to dissolve this version of his band with Michael Bland and Sonny T and Tommy mm-hmm. Barbarella, saying that once... Once they recorded Days of Wild, there wasn't much left for them to do as a band. Oh. You know, that's how strongly he felt about the song. Yeah. Even though the studio version is primarily a Prince solo recording. Right. He credits it with being, well, now we've done this. What else is there for us to do? <laughs> well, we've achieved perfection. Yes. Now when Let's need burn to- it all down. <laughs> Burn it down. Yeah. His background. Was he Daenerys? Yes. This is, yeah, this is the uh, season eight, episode five of the NPG <laughs> that got destroyed to a lot of fans' dismay. His background vocals on this, the uh-huh, were sampled throughout every live version of the song. It was always him singing back background vocals uh-huh. you know, on uh, something that was triggered by Morris Hayes. Um, which I thought was pretty cool. He backs up his own vocals, essentially, yeah. on this song, always. Well, speaking of samples, the yeah. Hold On To Your Wigs, this is a sample from the unreleased song by 99, The Mood For Love. Right. Hold on to your wigs. The lead line. Hold on to your wigs. Is from the Jazz Standard Caravan, mm-hmm. which was performed by Duke Ellington in 1936 and featured in the movie Whiplash. Dang, I was going to mention that. I didn't know if you would realize that it was in Whiplash. So, yes, and thanks to Prince Vault for pointing that out to us because I would have never been able to find where that was. I remember when we started you know, talking about making this our next episode or doing it at some point on the podcast, finding Duke Ellington's recording from 1936, which you should totally check out it's on streaming sites. Um, You can find it on, there's a newer version on Duke Ellington's 1962 album called Money Jungle. Oh, okay. Um, And then there's, I think the oldest version you can hear on record, which I swear sounds like it was recorded in 1936, is on the Essential Duke Ellington, which was released in 2005, again called Caravan. So you hear it and you're like, wow, how did I not realize that this was the basis for this song? Yep. And maybe that's why it never was a studio release, if it was an issue of getting rights for it or permission. The live versions might skirt that. I don't know that for sure, but that's, you know... That's a thought. Thinking of why would this not be released when, you know, live versions have been released, but the studio version hasn't, maybe maybe that plays into it. That could be. And I forgot that it was in Whiplash. I went back and listened to it again. And I, know I, I thought the movie was awesome. I saw it twice, once uh-huh. with a group of people in my office and then rented it to watch with you. And I know you weren't. Yeah, I didn't love it. I thought it was good. I could appreciate the production quality of it. It's a little intense, a little too uh, Hell's Kitchen meets the orchestra. The orchestra for me, but (laughs) Hell's Orchestra. The end. He did say, "Oh, by the way, I play guitar." Oh, oh, oh! By the way, I play guitar. Uh And not bass guitar, which is how we're used to hearing it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's how he played it live by saying, oh, by By the the way, way, I play bass guitar. As if we don't know this. Yeah, exactly. Yep. No. 
newsflash, I play bass guitar as well as regular guitar. Yep. <laughs> All right, then we're going to move on to Billy Jack Bitch. Yeah. This is the Dawn Mix. Yes, there is a superb fan-made collection of music from between 1993 and 1996. It goes basically from after the Symbol album to just before and including Emancipation. Basically like the first three years of the Love Symbol era, I guess you could say. Uh And it is so incredibly well done. It's really good. It's called The Dawn. Yeah. It's really excellent. Yeah, it, this is much longer than the album version, and there's not a lot of difference at the beginning. Uh huh. But then the five minute mark or so, mm-hmm. we end up with these really cool horns. It has kind of a swing dance vibe to me. Yeah. Almost feels like this was a long version cut down for the album. I think that's exactly what it was. I think the version that's on the Dawn takes the unreleased version, which wasn't quite as good a quality Uh as obviously the released version. And you can hear where it transitions into the, if you listen closely, the quality of the recording is a little different after the four minute and 50 second part that you mentioned where it's identical to the album version merged with the unreleased version that you get that additional uh-huh. horn section they for. did a really good job though you have to listen oh, yeah. hard to hear when it really changes yeah it's yeah. superb i really wish that that additional horn part was included on the album version it was so good yeah i mean here's a this uh, the album version was not short it was five minutes and 32 seconds this mm-hmm. version is eight minutes and 27 seconds it does not sound too long to me no because it's so cool i could have done with an edited version of gold to make room for all this all additional this. stuff that was recorded for billy jack bitch the additional horn part that you're mentioning is by the Hornheads. Um, we mentioned this a couple episodes ago that the main horn part that's in the album version is from a song called New Del N by the Hornheads, primarily written by Michael B. Nelson. The additional horn parts that are in this song include the song Well You Needn't from the Hornheads' 1994 album. Which, unfortunately is not on streaming services anywhere that I can find, but this is a great lesson in source material for this song. Um, But we were able to find a copy on Amazon sold by Goodwill Uh in Minnesota for like $4 shipped. Yeah. So it's pretty awesome. There are cheap ways to get a hold of it. I know you'll include some samples here for sure. If um, I have not already. Right. I don't or know where I'm going to place those just yet. That's right. <laughs> Spoiler, we don't do those live. Um, the other thing that was neat about this extended version is there's a different uh, guitar solo that starts around the 5 minute 50 second mark and goes on until 6 minute and 30 seconds mixed mixed with those yeah. additional horn parts that yeah, you know is Prince playing. Yeah, yes. guitars. Yes. Yeah, a little very, meandering, very but it even you know is finished enough to where it goes from the right channel to the left channel a couple times, not in a way that would make you... No, no, dizzy. no. But it was clearly mixed and re- you know recorded well and finished, which um, is a shame that it wasn't on the, the the album version for sure. All 
for sure. Um, so then we get we get an operator. The operator makes an appearance. She here. does. Yeah. I kind of had a thought about this as I was listening to it that she's broken yeah. in this, and I'm wondering was it all this negativity that broke her mm. that. Yeah, where she's Prince, asking, please access another uh, experience yeah, over and over again. Uh, yeah, and she's, it makes me wonder if Prince realized uh. that this was maybe not the best use of his talents, but he still did it. He still wanted, maybe this is a little bit of his humanity showing through, that he shouldn't have written this song. He shouldn't have stooped to Cheryl Johnson's level. Uh-huh. And called her names. She called him Cymbalina. Yeah. And he didn't like that, which is fine. I can appreciate that. And it was particularly hard because she was also a black person. And he, I think he really wanted more support. And instead of taking the high road, he wrote this song and called her out and vented his frustration. And to me, the broken NPG operator is kind of like... Calling him back to positivity. Well, it's it's kind of like, hey, look what you've done. You've broken this. And maybe that's why Gold fixes her. Because Gold's a much more positive song about, you know, embracing your own talents and not just following the shiny thing, not just following the big deal. Yeah. Or, yeah, give it letting his emotions control. Yeah. Him. Like pull back, you know, mm-hmm. Let, let's focus on the positive things here. That is interesting because so, the other part where she offers an alternative is during, I hate you. Would yes. you like to access another experience? Yes. Would you like to change your entry? She, yeah. she, yeah. And then she's like, very well. Yeah. Please enjoy your okay, experience. That's, that's fine. Go ahead and just. Yeah. Or at least it's him recognizing that these are songs that are, um, I mean, the the message isn't, I guess with I hate you, the message is negative. There's, you know, the contrast of because I love you, mm-hmm. where he tries to make up for it. But the uh, NPG operator offering a choice there and then kind of appearing broken during this song is, uh, that's a good theory. Uh, that's That's my theory. And that's, I think, why it gets fixed when gold starts because he's gone back to, okay, we're going to be positive. We're going to be supportive. We're not going to call each other names. We're not going to be angry Mm -hmm. with one another. We're going to let the past go and move on in a positive manner. So that's my theory. And I didn't really get that until I was listening to this longer version of it. Wow. All right. Well, I'm impressed. Well, thank you. I've got one other note that is not nearly as impressive as your theory (laughs) on the NPG operator and her brokenness. But, um, and I meant to mention this during our episode on the old experience a couple episodes ago. Well, now you have another chance. Aren't you lucky? Yeah, I either forgot or I think I just forgot because (laughs) it's totally on me. (laughs) Clearly, this is my fault. Because I have no idea what you're going to say, so it can't be my fault. That makes two of us. (laughs) So there's a moan in Billy Jack Bitch um, that is used uh, or lifted from the song Get Off from Diamonds and Pearls. It's at the 2 minute 35 second mark um, during the guitar solo that follows the line where he says, what if I say you lie? Uh-huh. And he goes into a guitar solo and you can hear, ah, uh. in the background. And it's totally lifted from, if you listen to the album version of Get Off, 
one minute and 53 seconds into Get Off, you get that sound or the moan right after Prince says, you plus me, what a ride. Uh-huh. You can hear it in the background. So I was just thinking, you plus me, what a ride. Uh, This song is like this crazy collage of horn parts that, you know, were written by Michael B. Nelson and lifting parts of other songs. And we'll find in a later episode when we cover 1998 period that the basic parts of the song are reused in a song on uh, Larry Graham's album that he did with Prince in 1998 also. So Hmm. this song made the rounds. Yeah, for sure. Well, and I can see why, even if it's a negative song, he wanted to include it because it's fun and funny and funky, and there's so much good stuff, even if it's not a positive song. Sure. All right, then we have videos. Videos. Videos and TV appearances. We're going to start with the Dolphin video. Right. It premiered, I believe, in the UK, September 30th, 1994. Four. Okay. It was presumably filmed at Paisley Park, and it was later included in the Love for One Another television film. Yes. So yes. this was a year before the album came out. Yes. That this video was Almost released. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, which, no wonder he was done promoting it oh, before yeah. it came out. He this was... definitely pushed <laughs> his level of attention to its limits. <laughs> Between that song, yeah, and the most beautiful girl in the world video, man, it was a long time before these songs appeared on an album. Yeah, it sure was. Wow, I would say, so it starts, it's a single shot, which is pretty cool. Prince is sitting on a bed or a... Or a chaise lounge, something long enough and low enough. Like, he's sitting... And there are people playing instruments behind him. Mm-hmm. And you can see him, and he has an opportunity to lay down at one point. And yeah. it's <laughs> they start yeah. up real close on his face. You can see "slave" yeah, written, written on it very clearly, and it's written backwards on his face. Yeah, but pretty straightforward and not styled like it was in later versions right. that evolved also. Um, there's a spinning gold light that's on the gold cymbal guitar mm-hmm. on the on the bottom part of the guitar, which is uh, very very cool. So yeah, that the camera kind of backs out, and you get to see Michael Bland and Morris Hayes and Sonny T and Tom, Tommy Barbarella behind him uh-huh. playing Everybody's instruments. Playing. Everyone's doing their thing, and then yeah, during uh, the part where Prince says, "If I'm underwater, will you find me?" He lays down on the bed, uh-huh. and we get kind of a close up of him uh-huh. on the bed, and then when it backs out again, <laughs> and the song picks up. I had forgotten that many of the band members are closer to Prince. On on the same little bed or chase lounge and they're mock playing their instruments it's on the cushions. So funny. Yeah. It's so funny. Here he is with his simple guitar. Every, you know, everybody's been mock playing because that's course. what you do in a video, but he kind of really makes fun of yes. videos themselves by I totally agree. By bringing them in, and it's so funny and so endearing, and everybody is, they look just as into it when they're pretend playing on this chaise lounge or bed or whatever it is next to him. Yeah, as they did when they were mock playing their own instruments, right? so funny. Yeah, it is very endearing. I mean, I was surprised, forgotten how, I mean, I thought, what a great video. That's what a video should be. Yeah. Simple. 
Uh, there weren't a lot of special effects. No. Or them trying to, and, uh, not a lot of quick edits. No. If any edits. And at the end, Prince le- leans back into Maite's arms and either falls asleep Sleeper. or dies or yeah. one of the two, right? Yeah. Uh, but I thought this was for this song. Great video. You know what wasn't in this video, which made it great? An actual dolphin. Yes. It was like, really good. Yes. Like, we don't need to see. We get the metaphor without yeah. having to see. You <laughs> there know. were no ocean scenes. Right. There was no, like, in the background mm-hmm. waves. Yes. No nothing. No boats. Yes. I it was great. I appreciated that. I yes. thought it was well done. I thought it was really well done, too. And I've forgotten that they had everybody fake playing, and yeah. it was really funny. Me, too. Or maybe yeah. I just didn't find it funny then. I, I don't know. <laughs> Well, I find it funny now. Me too. It's totally worth a check out. Me too. Then uh, Prince performed on The Late Show with David Letterman. Same song, Dolphin. Same song, Dolphin, yes. So there was an opening little skit where Prince was standing between Paul Schaefer and David Letterman, where Paul introduces David Letterman. What does he say? He's like the idiot formerly known as David Letterman or something Uh, like that. Artist formerly known as Prince, I'd like you to meet the artist currently known as Pinhead. And David Letterman spits water out and apparently got one of his um, staffers wet with a spit. And the story goes that Prince confronted David and said, you know, you got her wet. Yeah. And his response was... Yeah, it was. It was very she'll like. Be fine. Yeah, Whatever. she'll be fine. It'll be fine. Yeah. Whatever. He didn't. He didn't care. Didn't apologize, yeah. and that really soured Prince on David Letterman. That that story is actually told on uh, an episode of My Prince Story, okay. which is a podcast, mm-hmm. and I'll put a link to that here because it was really great to hear the firsthand account of that story and kind of gives a little insight yes and so that changed actually prince's plans for his performance and he told the band what they were going to do now and they had not rehearsed it at all and didn't feel great about it no but they pulled it off flawlessly Mm -hmm. so (laughs) david letterman talks about how they're there's a CD that'll never be released. Mm-hmm. This is from the upcoming CD that'll never be released. And it makes perfect sense that he's here promoting it tonight. And he holds up, you know, this beautiful glittery gold version of the gold experience, which I'm jealous that he got to hold and touch. And yep. Ladies and gentlemen, our next guest is one of music's most influential and talented performers. The song he will be doing for us tonight is from uh, this CD right here. Uh, which is entitled The Gold Experience, and I'm told uh, this particular CD will never be released. So it makes perfect sense that he's here promoting it tonight. Maite is ribbon dancing behind him in her angel outfit that we saw in the dolphin video as well. And then he sets down the guitar, pretends to shoot himself, does a really great trust fall. Yes. Which just goes to show, having not rehearsed it, how much faith he had that Maite was going to be right there to catch him. Yeah, and I guess she was the one that had the fake blood in her uh-huh. hands, too. So yeah. she had to catch this guy. There's not much to catch, to Well, be honest. I mean, you know. She's pretty tiny, too, though. She's tiny. It was like catching herself. <laughs> well. um, yeah, then she you know, brushes his face, and there's blood on him. Uh-huh. And then a man comes in from off His stage. bodyguard. Yes, yeah. and drags him off. Yes, and he... 
Morris Hayes has also confirmed they did this because Prince did not want to talk to David Letterman again. Afterwards, yeah. He was done. He yeah. was over it. He did not like him. He did not want to talk to him. He did yeah. not want to shake his hand. He wanted it to be over. And that was a way to do it. Yeah. Is, well, there he's you not go. available. He's currently. <laughs> He's currently cleaning the fake blood off of his face, and then he's going to go get in his limousine. Yep. So more confusion, though, for the journal. I get that, you know, there was all this stuff going on, you know, personally between him and David. He didn't like it, whatever. But we've already been told Prince is dead, and now we get to see the love symbol, the artist formerly known as Prince, mock, shoot himself, himself. and, Uh and also be dead. Yeah. Uh, you, if you watch this thing, you really get the sense that he did not want to be there. He did not smile once, which nope. normally he does not do. You know, he finds some part of a song to smirk or, uh-huh. you know, he hits a note that he's proud of or his band does something and they, they're tight and it's great. Yeah. But there's none of that here. Nope. It was pretty emotionless uh, and fairly faithful to the album. I was even looking like during his guitar solo in the song, which is pretty faithful to the album version also and there's really no emotion on his face at all no Mm -mm. Uh, so he was all business which is interesting that he was there promoting an album that he wasn't certain was ever going to come out and then he wasn't really very happy to be there like why go right but he did these were his choices right i presume so then we have the gold video Right, clearly shot on the Paisley Park soundstage. Yes, on October 10th, 1995, and it was, as we'll see, done at the same time as Rock and Roll is Alive. Yes, actually afterwards, even though Rock and Roll is Alive is the B-side to Gold, I think it's pretty clear they filmed Rock and Roll is Alive and then filmed the video for Gold after watching them both. Yes, uh, you noticed this, then I missed it, that Prince arrives on a conveyor belt that yes. you know, goes to nowhere, essentially. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm like, is he on a conveyor belt? Prince right Josh is like, no, he, he walked out, right? And I'm like, I'm pretty sure he just glided out. Yeah, it was a Jamiroquois-esque kind <laughs> of yeah. video, uh-huh. or kind of uh, prop anyway. Yeah. Um, so like his appearance on the David Letterman show, he has slave on his face. It's not written backwards forwards but it has like this dipping v and it's a very Mm -hmm. stylized thing that kind of got developed during this time but other than that he's got hair full of glitter a face full of glitter so much glitter falling lots of glitter well i think a lot of the glitter that was falling was an effect afterwards Uh, well i think so too but there were drums right there was like glitter on the drums that michael well there was glitter on the people in the audience there was glitter all over the stage so some of it was an effect added in post and some of it was being dropped yeah. there. The some that was the 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 part of the glitter that looked most real to me was it was like sprinkled on the drums that Michael yes. B was playing. So as he's hitting the drums, the glitter is flying everywhere. Yes, and he's probably still picking glitter out of his clothes and hair <laughs> today. <laughs> I've got to say, compared to his other appearances during this time period, especially '95, where this was clearly wearing on him, he looks way more Prince. I'm talking about. Yeah. Looks way more full of color, and his hair is a little better here. Not quite so... I like it when it's a little fluffier. It's got some, yeah, body little, to it. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of times when he would appear in 94, 95, he looked almost ghostly white. Yeah. Mostly with makeup, but, you know, also... Kind of pale. Kind of and... pale, and he looks super healthy, and maybe even has a little 5 o'clock shadow uh-huh. going on, which he looked healthy. Yeah, me. yeah. 
in this. So Agreed. It's a live lip sync performance, but I thought for something shot on the Paisley Park soundstage that was well shot, it uh-huh. was well edited, it was well lit, the post effects were not over the top. Yep. And I thought that they did a good job, and he disappears on the same conveyor belt from which he arrived, <laughs> going back towards the double doors that have the big love symbol on mm-hmm. them. We see the uh, same gold guitar that he had in the dolphin video, and right. he and Tommy Barbarella on the keytar in the front. I thought yes. that part was really, really super fun. Now, Could if you're you going know? to recognize the keytar, you've got to call it by its proper name, which is the Purple Axe. Oh, the Purple Trademark. Axe. Trademark. Okay. Yes. Which, well, the Purple Axe Prince is really invented, cool. By yes. The way. I, yes. Actually, I did know that. All right. Yes. Very cool. We see the audience giving the Get Wild sign. Yes, at the very end, kind of yeah, in slow motion. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. really cool. Yeah. Do you know there was one pretty girl in the audience in particular who they showed a few times? Do you have any idea who that is? I do not. Somebody that caught Princess Eye, I guess, because she. Yes, she was. She like looked. She looked out. like his type. Uh oh. Let's just say that she had the same kind of look yes. as Maite and Manuela uh-huh. and. Uh, the girl who did elixir. Bria. Bria Valente. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Yes. They all kind of have a similar look and they kind of, she kind of looks like all of them a little well, bit. Well, as Prince would say in Future Baby Mama, I've heard it said that all my lovers look alike. Could it be that I was just looking for you? Oh. 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 Shut you up real quick. No, oh, I think it's sweet, <laughs> but of course. You're right. He he knew what he liked in and the looks of his woman. Which that's is fine. fine. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, next, we're going to look at Rock and Roll is Alive, the video for the B-side to Gold, which we feel like was um, shot right before they shot Gold, right. based on the amount of snow on the stage. Yes. So Prince is in his snow gear. Oh, yeah. Like boots and a hoodie with the real like parka-y looking hoodie. Yep. And I was like, Prince gets all this like warm snow gear and Maite gets a light jacket and earmuffs. Yeah. But it's instead of gold glitter, like we saw in the last video, it's snow right. that's being dropped. And you can see the snow on the stage still in the gold, gold video. Right, where it's accumulated in places. Yes. Um, you mentioned what he was wearing. You did not mention his ski goggles and white fluffy <laughs> boots, which I had to make a note of. Yes. Yeah. It, it's very endearing. He looks like, I don't know, it's all this like big clothes and he just kind of looks really swallowed up and he looks tiny in a way that he doesn't normally look on stage. I mean, he was obviously a small man, but he had such a big presence and personality and performance that he it didn't often look like he was a tiny man and right. i thought the gigantic clothes made him look like a tiny little man good point yep so this is uh obviously a lip synced you know live performance played along with the album track we get an appearance by elvis and elvis impersonator <laughs> and the yes. crowd's uh signing autographs during <laughs> this which you know, Prince mentioned there'll, there'll always be another king to fall, a king to die, but naked on the floor. And yeah, and then we, we get, see poor we Elvis, Elvis in the bathroom. In the bathroom, butt naked on the floor with yeah. his butt blacked out. Yeah. So although, you know, we make fun of some of the literal takes on lyrics that appear in videos later, like a girl with a raspberry beret yeah. or perhaps an appearance of a dolphin in the video for dolphin. <laughs> yeah. um, here that we've got a literal part of a video that relates to the lyrics, but it was 
kind of humorous. I thought yeah. this worked. So it's not, I thought so it's too. not always dumb. Yeah. Yeah, it's not always dumb. It can be funny. And this is kind of a more lighthearted song. Mm-hmm. He talks about even the president flies right. in. Yeah, and we have Bill and Hillary, people in masks. Right. And the Bill has a saxophone around his neck. And yep. It was really... I thought, I thought that was, that was kind of fun and humorous, yeah, too. Yeah, they didn't go out. It's funny. They found an Elvis impersonator, whereas with Bill and Hillary Clinton, they just put Halloween masks on yeah. people and let uh-huh. them do their thing. Yeah. It was fun. Yeah. Tommy, it was a big party. It was a big party. And Tommy Barbarella body surfs the crowd. Yeah. Purple with, axe keyboard. Yeah. Super cool. Very, very cool. Uh, the only thing that was a little silly... I guess endearingly silly is at the very end where we get this text overlay Uh that says, ladies and gentlemen, Elvis has left the building. (laughs) I thought it was Uh, funny. Like we're going to keep his carcass in the bathroom. (laughs) We're just going to leave him there. Um, Overall though, I didn't have any, again, for a video from the mid nineties. It's a performance video and really let's performance video all day long. Yes. Yeah. That's mostly what I like. Totally. So speaking of things that are maybe less performancey videos, the I Hate You video recorded October twenty second, nineteen ninety five, at Paisley Park and the Galpin Boulevard Home Studio. Right, he Prince is wearing the same top from the single art, um, which is this white shirt with the treble clef and bass clef symbols on them. But he's got you know screaming red pants on. Ugh, I did oh, not you didn't like, like it? I didn't like the pants at all. Oh, I liked right. the shirt just fine, but I did not like the <laughs> pants. All right. Well, it's, <laughs> you're like, that's not where I expected you to go with that. Yeah. Of all the things that you would have an issue with, <laughs> I thought pant color would be far down, far down on the list. We get, we know how we feel about this song. It was not our favorite song from this album. And also we felt not a great single choice, but it's intertwined. There's a lip sync part, uh, kind of Prince dancing, and we've got intercut shots of Maite in a home somewhere looking out over the window. And, uh-huh. then, and then at dinner with someone. Yeah. She's in a cafe. A ca- yes, a, a little cafe. And um, it all is all fine with me until we enter the courtroom. Uh. So Michael Bland is the judge in a courtroom scene, and he's blindfolded. Okay, so I kind of liked that all of the supporting musicians, when they appear in the video, they're all blindfolded, which I kind of liked. This is Prince's thing. Yes, it is. They're there playing the music. They don't need to see what's going on. Yeah, or they're not part of the story either. Right. They weren't contributors to, you know, creating this true slash overblown right. scenario. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And then, yes, then we have the dumb courtroom stuff. And it's just as dumb in the video as I thought it was in the song. <laughs> there is one point where Tom- Tommy Barbarella, who's blindfolded, I think he's in the jury box, which is only half full. There was not a full jury there. So <laughs> he has his head in his hands, blindfolded, and he's shaking his head. And I'm thinking, man, that's how I feel too, Tommy. Except I, I'm watching this. You're not even looking at it with your blindfold. <laughs> I feel the same way. Prince does his guitar solo standing on his desk in the courtroom. I thought the black symbol guitar was really cool. It was cool. Prince is his own lawyer? That's always a mistake. You shouldn't ever represent yourself. 
He did that in real life, actually, a couple times and did a pretty good job. We can get it's into that a, later. Generally, it's a poor choice yes. to represent yourself. Well, in this fantasy world where Prince is his own lawyer, it's a world where the accused dances with the lawyer in the court of law. So there's a lot of reality rooted in I Hate You, the video. Just having recently served on a jury, this is like as bad as any other, you know, dumb things you see on uh-huh. court television that yeah. don't really happen in real life. No. Of course, I understand this is not. This is a dramatic interpretation <laughs> of a song, but come on. Okay. So uh, it ends with this close-up of Prince's face and he mouths, I love you at uh-huh. the end. Doesn't say Which is a great hear. gif. But yes, that's right. Poor, we can... poor video. <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh, um, this whole thing just screamed, let's film it literally, and it comes off completely stupid. Yeah, yeah, I agree. It's dumb. I mean, I don't want to. I feel like we've spent weeks harping on (laughs) the poor qualities of this song, its remixes, and this video now, but... um, if you want... If you, this is your favorite song, I'm so glad for you. And I hope that you can appreciate it for all of us. Because I'm done appreciating it. Um, we're just trying to be honest. That's all. <laughs> all right. Let's move on to the Endorphin Machine video. All right. This was shot at Paisley Park in February of 1994. It's the same setting for the... Mustang mix of The Most Beautiful Girl in the World, which we'll get to in just a minute. Right. Both videos were supposed to be played on Top of the Pops in the UK. Yes. In lieu of live performances. Uh, Prince, they wanted, Top of the Pops wanted Prince to come and perform. I guess it didn't work with his schedule or he didn't want to make the overseas travel or it, whatever. He said, can I make live looking videos? And they said, yes. And to his credit that it is a, seems to be a live recording, but with lip sync of the live recording to me. Yes. It's a, it's a a lip sync of a live recording. That's Uh different than the album version. That's different from Uh uh, the early versions that we'd heard. Uh, But it sounds like they recorded it live and then, lip sync the video to it. Yeah, it's weird. But okay. Um, um, I, I don't think it actually played yeah. on top of the pops, but it was included at the end of the interactive CD-ROM game. Yes, this was the reward for completing Prince's version of Myst, M-Y-S-T, uh, on the interactive CD-ROM. You noticed that there was no slave written on his face yes. during this performance video, which is interesting. Um, and I always loved... You know, you didn't like the red pants from I Hate You. This red suit with the Mad Hatter top hat and the red flower, uh-huh. I always thought was great. Yeah. I always thought that was super great. Um, I don't know. Maybe I just am not a huge fan of red and white together when it's big blocks like that. I don't know. This outfit was fine. It had the pink symbol on it. Yeah. It I had a lot, it of cool. Cool, a lot of stuff to like about it. Yeah. So lots and lots of foil, too. Okay. I thought it looked like space blankets. Okay. Like the brother in Better Call Saul. Yeah. Like the blanket that he puts on whenever he feels like he's been affected. Yes. Like it was those they put all over the walls. No, to protect them from I the know. hysteria of, you know, someone listening. Yeah, the, the aliens can't read their thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> I've always thought it looked like foil, and while we were revisiting this video, what struck me was this is what it's like inside of a baked potato. <laughs> it's funky. 
<laughs> Pumpkin inside a baked potato. Yep. I, I thought this was a cool little video. Yeah, it I thought it was fine. T O T P. They've got the yeah, top the, of the pops. The letters in the background, so it's very easily identified as something that was intended for top of the pops. Yeah. Um, but as far as a lip sync of a live recording and no cowbell, I thought that it was fine. There was no cowbell. There was no cowbell. I would have liked the cowbell. I think that would have been fine. They didn't have anyone's. I thought it looked very low budget. It definitely looked low budget, but it was not like the rave into the year 2000 concert, which was looked a little low budget and really poorly edited. Yes. This at least was put together into something that didn't make me dizzy right. to watch. Fair. And I just remembered you know, finishing that interactive uh-huh. CD and, and getting this as a reward and like, wow, I've never heard this song before. When am I going to get that? Not for a while. For about two years. Josh. (laughs) Then we have the most beautiful girl in the world. Now these came out long before. Yeah, long before the album. That wasn't even associated with an album. Right. But I thought it was. This is the place to talk about it. Yeah. We haven't talked about it anywhere else. Yeah. This is the place to talk about it. It is. So there is a version of a video. For the beautiful remix, but I couldn't find that one. I didn't even know there was such. A there thing. was one. I couldn't find it. Okay. So again, if you if you know where that might live on the internet and would like to send me a link to it, you can find us on social media and send that to me, please. I'd really appreciate it. So we have the NPG operator intro here. We mm-hmm. don't. I don't believe that that's the actual receptionist whose name escapes me now. Green somebody. Yeah. Um, actress, I believe. Yes. Kind of welcome you to the video. And then uh, we get a close-up of Prince and his eye makeup. Yes. Good Lord. Uh, <laughs> the lower lashes are just... Um, yeah, it's pretty amazing. It's, I want to be able to do my makeup like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so again, no slave on his face. I think this was filmed before he even uh, started doing that. Yes. Um, it's a... Lip sync performance. Mm-hmm. Prince is standing on this elevated platform singing to, he seems like he's singing to the women pictured in the video. Yes. Kind of, or watching a monitor where they're pictured and he's yeah. singing to them, which I think is kind of a cool idea. Yep. I thought it very much fit the red and white suit. It, oh, yeah. Because it was, it was released Valentine's on Valentine's Day. Day so mm-hmm. it was very, it's mostly red with just a little white. So white it's lace. not, yeah, yeah, it's not very like blocks of color so i'm cool with the red and white (laughs) good to know (laughs) i'll think of that the next time i go clothes shopping (laughs) we see a woman on her wedding day which i thought was very sweet that's the day when i would think a woman wants to be at her most beautiful yeah um so i thought that was a cool idea yeah you know here you don't have much choice i think shooting a video for a song named the could the most beautiful girl in the world without showing pretty women yeah um, so they do that, but I thought it was really notable that he used women of many races, many yes. ages, many, many sizes. sizes. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it was a pretty woke concept for early 1994. In fact, some are mothers. They're there with their family or there's a woman there with her husband and their child. And so they're currently not even available. Yeah. Um, but Prince is 
putting them in the same category and it's not about his pursuit of these. He's almost this tribute to the beauty of yeah, um, all women. All women. Yeah. I thought that was great. There was even a woman like in pretend labor. Yeah. And I was like, well, that's kind of a nice thing to include. Like that you can be in this. It's not really a very pretty thing when you're having a baby. You don't typically look your best, but right. you know, it's still a beautiful sort of experience yeah. and you can be a beautiful person even when you're not looking your best. Right. Yeah. Yeah, totally agree. Yep. So at the very end, there's an appearance by Marva Collins in the video, and she gets some FaceTime. Um, she was an educator who started the West Side Preparatory School in Chicago in 1975. Um, she looked familiar to me, and then we looked it up, and then I remembered why, that Prince had donated a half million dollars to the West Side Preparatory School Teacher Training Institute, which was created to... Uh, help teachers understand Marva's teaching methodology. Yeah. And so even there, she was a middle-aged woman, and you know, obviously her beauty was what she was doing to educate children. So mm-hmm. the entire message here, I thought, was it made the song better to me. It's not my favorite Prince single by right. any means, but to see the direction that the video went and to revisit it now, you know, what is this, 25 years later? Right. Um, I thought was... Really great. Yeah, I thought so too. Just as a a side note, there were ads placed in U.S., British, Dutch, and Spanish publications with the wording, Eligible Bachelor Seeks the Most Beautiful Girl in the World to Spend the Holidays With. And reportedly, they got 50,000 responses, Mm -hmm. and seven women were chosen to appear in the video. And it was supposed to film in Los Angeles, but they had to move it to Paisley Park because there was an earthquake. And they recorded it January 22nd, 1994. Awesome. Yes. Well, I'm uh, I'm a 10 out of 10 for this video. Yeah, I thought it was great. I didn't like his... The giant caking on of makeup for him here. (laughs) Um, But I thought conceptually and the way it was shot, I thought that it was really well done. Yeah. And then there's the other version of this that I was able to locate was for the Mustang mix or something akin to the Mustang mix. Yeah. It's not the exact Mustang mix from... Very close, though. It's it like it's close. got the music from the Mustang mix and all the band members mock playing, but Prince sings a live version of it, yes. and I believe what we're watching in the video is the live singing um, in a lower register like the Mustang mix was yeah. on the Beautiful Experience Maxi yes. single. This was recorded at the same time as the Endorphin Machine video. Yeah. They have the same outfits on, and uh, this one did actually appear on Top of the Pops. Okay. So I know that for sure because somebody commented on the YouTube video how much they remembered watching this, and huh. they re- like videotaped it or something, oh, or cool. uh, VHS recorded it, whatever yeah. Whatever you did back taped in it. 1994. You taped it. You taped it. You set your VCR and you taped it. Uh, so Prince loses his hat, but he is one to have his accessories. So instead of the hat, he's got his cane working, same yeah. cane that is in the booklet for The Beautiful Experience. Yep. It looks like background vocals are kind of triggered again by Mr. Hayes because Prince is singing his own backup. So obviously all of that isn't happening live. Um, but yeah, like I said, I think the entire band is band syncing. 
and <laughs> Prince's live singing. <laughs> no, Josh is going to trademark that band singing. Band singing. So I had not. If I'd ever seen this before, it's been so long. So yeah. to watch it again, and I didn't remember this other vocal take on it, which I thought was kind of a cool thing. Yeah. I like it's it. It's really cool. All right. Then we have the American Music Awards performance. This was in January of 1995, yep. I believe. January 30th, if I'm yes, not right. mistaken. You are not. You okay. Are, you are dead on. Um, Nona Gay introduces mm-hmm. Prince. An electrifying singer, performer, an outstanding arranger, musician, master of more than two dozen instruments, a visionary producer creator of 14 platinum albums, a motion picture star, and entertainment entrepreneur. There's Prince does not start out on stage. They play the Purple Medley. There's dancers, videos on a screen. Mm -hmm. It's almost a tribute. In fact, I think she introduces it as a tribute to Prince. Yes. Um, And the Purple Medley is 20, 30 dancers and kind of a montage video that plays in the background, too. Mm -hmm. And... Billy Jack Bitch starts. This is eight months before the Gold Experience is released. Well, back up just a little bit because oh. the the Purple Medley ends and you get the beginning the drums at the beginning of Shh oh, that starts yes. playing, and an announcer comes on to explain Prince's name change. Oh yes, and all this yes. stuff, which is completely stupid. Yeah, uh, but it happens, <laughs> and then then Billy Jack Bitch starts, and Prince pops up. Does the splits and stands up from them, which is incredible. Effortless. That is the whole reason why we're even talking about this. Because he wanted to sing live. Yep. And it was lip synced. Now, we don't often cover live performances that are lip synced. Because why? I mean, unless there's something really notable about them. So what's notable about this is Prince really wanted to sing live and the AMA said absolutely not if you're not going to lip sync then don't be on the show yeah. and he decided he was going to go ahead and be on the show he'd agreed to do it but <laughs> he starts lip syncing but he's chewing gum he's chewing and gum not holding he, a microphone oh yeah when he comes out of the splits he's chewing gum yep like, just in defiance of lip syncing to yes. make it clear like I'm not even going to pretend that I that this is real. Yeah, he's not pretend holding a microphone. No. He's chewing this gum very obviously, but, the but one thing, still does a really good job oh, lip syncing. Yeah. And he dances his butt off. He does. So it's an interesting mix of, yeah. I want to say, forget you to the... Uh-huh. American Music Awards. A little bit. People. He had been respectful to them before in uh, 1990, I believe, or early 91. He was presented with a Lifetime Achievement Award uh-huh. and came out. It was during the Batman era, and he thanked Dick Clark and made a very earnest speech to say thank you. So this was the second time that they had awarded him. This was with an award of merit. Mm-hmm. So. Maybe to the organizers, but I think he had probably the reason that he did it was the respect he had for Dick Clark and others that were going to be there for him. Yeah. It was kind of a forget you, you won't let me sing live, but Mm -hmm. he still wanted to do a really great performance for the fans. Yep. So it was kind of an interesting mix. So he did a great job lip syncing. The dancing is so amazing. It is absolutely worth checking out a lip sync performance to see this (laughs) dancing because it's 
fantastic. Yeah. Notably, during Billy Jack Bitch, Tommy Barbarella is <laughs> suspended over the stage going left and right. And there is something that our family does or has done for the last three or four years at Six Flags. And it's called The Majesty of Christmas. <laughs> yes. And it has flying angels in it. Yes. And this was maybe less produced than The Majesty of Christmas at yes. Six Flags with Tommy just swinging from the ceiling, <laughs> pretend playing this keyboard. He didn't have wings. That, he yeah, was just floating. He didn't even have a part. Yeah. <laughs> So nope. we get that, and then uh, there's a little bit of I Hate You, a snippet where Maite appears, and then there's a little snippet of 319, and this was, what, eight months before the album was even released, and no one even knew it would even see the light of day at that time. It includes the remix of Loose, uh-huh. which is Let Me See That Body Get Loose, which you can find on Crystal Ball, and then there are Fireworks. And they roll a microphone out to the middle of the stage for him. He does not yes. walk over to a podium. And he's not winded at all. No, it's and amazing. the other thing to note is that he's not winded. And despite lip-syncing his performance, he does read kind of a prepared statement that was thoughtfully written. And he does a great job of trying to recognize all the musicians that he had worked on, yeah, worked I with mean, up until lot, that period. He made sure he mentioned everybody from the revolution. Yeah, and before. He, lot, yeah, and before. Mm-hmm. Lots of musical inspirations, people who'd inspired him as a young man. Yeah. Lots of historical figures were mentioned. And, he, and the NPG. The NPG. And most importantly, Dick Clark. Again, I'd like to thank Dick Clark for allowing me to finally put Prince to bed. Which is interesting, again, because he, you know, behaved oddly with Dick Clark in 1980 on on American Bandstand, where he did not answer any questions at all with any voices. Funny little four. Yes, he just answered with head nods and fingers, finger (laughs) symbols, that kind of stuff. That was funny. Yep. And he ends it with peace and be wild, which I was like, that's good. Yep. That was a good thing. All right, now we've reached the point in our show where we make some selections. We choose a time capsule, something that exemplifies the time at which the music was recorded or released or whatever it is we're talking about, music or videos in this case. Yes. Then we choose a C, the thing that spoke to us the least, and then we choose a mountain, our favorite of the material that we've covered for that episode. Yeah. I always feel a little bad when we do these kind of side episodes because, you know, when you do an album and you talk about an album that all, all that material was meant to be listened to together. Yeah. And on these types of episodes, we kind of curate (laughs) some things that are, uh, you know, of that time period. It's like judging a mixtape. A mixtape and a mixed video, which yeah. even makes it um, more difficult. <laughs> so go ahead. All right. Yeah, my rules. So I go first. The time capsule for me is uh, Rock and Roll is Alive. Oh, okay. Yeah, just because the video. I yeah, the video. Well, and the song too, but the video because okay. that's what we covered today. But I clearly remember having. I think I've seen. I saw this video at some point mm-hmm. at that time, but I clearly remember like. That summer, after it came out, I was working on campus. Oh, in college. In college. And uh, we got a piece of mail, and it was from Minneapolis. And, you know, it had the little 
cancellation mark, yeah, Minneapolis. Yep. And I remember writing in a purple pen, oh. rock and roll is alive across the top and it lives in. And then mm. Minneapolis was on the thing. And I, my, the professor that I worked for was a f- friend of mine, uh-huh. also a friend of ours. Yeah. And, uh, she thought that was very funny. <laughs> <laughs> well, no wonder it's your time capsule. <laughs> so that's my time capsule. What's well, yours? I don't have any memories of writing on mail. <laughs> Um, but my time capsule is the AMA performance that we okay. just um, just talked about. Just talked about because it was like this giant preview to you know material that he had that was just sitting around. Um, I'm sure he was excited for people to hear it. Frustrated he couldn't sing it himself. And the end of his speech, "Peace and Be Wild," is such a mid '90s Prince thing. Peace and be wild that um, I thought it deserved the time capsule category and the gold trophy for time capsuling. Excellent. Mm -hmm. The C. I did not like the space blanket backgrounds for the uh, couple of videos that we saw, but they were, it was still, there was something charming about that in its low budgetness Mm -hmm. and the excitement and energy you felt in those videos. So I had to go with the, I hate you video. Because to the dumb court scene. Yeah. Um, so dumb. It wouldn't matter what we had looked at in the episode. I'm sorry, but if it has to do with I hate you, then it would have made my C. Oh, Again, I feel like we've spent the last three episodes dogging on I hate you, but this video was just bad. It was, it just, just, it was just not really very good. It was full of cheese mm-hmm. and... I don't know, got into the literal take on the thing, which you knew was coming. I could have just done without the whole song, single, maxi single (laughs) video. Obviously, it was something that affected Prince and was in his heart, and he felt that it was worthy of being a single and having a video and recording more music. I'm glad he liked it. I don't have to like all the things that he likes. I think if there had to be a maxi single that I could part with... Um, this would probably be the one. That's fair. Um, I know we're not talking about the maxi single, but um, the video is worse than the maxi single. <laughs> okay. The mountain. All right. The, the dolphin video, because it's so funny. Yeah. yeah. With the mock instrument playing yes. on the chase lounge. Yes. It was a performance video mm-hmm. that wasn't just everybody on a stage, which was kind of nice. It was... It was a little bit different. It wasn't just him in front of a crowd, which mm-hmm. is always great, but also been done quite a lot. So we get a performance video that's not a live performance, but ha- you know, there's different shots, different, you know, they zoom in, they zoom out, they do some different things, they have this bit of humor. Mm-hmm. That was my favorite part. I did like it. Okay. But that's not my mouth. Okay, that's fine. Um, it would have been Billy Jack Bitch, the long edit, yeah. had it not been for including the Days of Wild studio version mm. in this episode. Uh, we would not have the live versions of the song that were officially released if it weren't for the studio take. So I credit it with a lot of things that I loved about Prince from this recording in 94 right. through the end of his career, even when he changed it to less obscene lyrics. 
still worked and I loved it as a live performance so it all goes back to this one song and I think it's uh, a sad thing that there wasn't a a studio version of it that could have worked on the album Um, but I'm glad we have this thing laying around to revisit so that is my mountain that I totally agree I think it was great and just think how much we would appreciate the live version of it if we had a nice pristine copy of the studio version somewhere although if you're talking about bootleg studio material on a scale of one to ten this is probably between a seven and an eight as far as quality goes it's not like we it's poor quality it's good it's in the good to great range i've heard worse amen count yourself lucky (laughs) all right so that brings us to the end of our episode we've made our selections we have next time next time the next time part is my job so the next time is you know, Prince was kind of busy during this period. He was It seems like he had kind of disappeared from, you know, certainly from the charts and people thought he was weird and what the heck is going on? This is the decline of a great artist. But he was recording materials for Come and for the Gold Experience and all these other ancillary projects, one of which happens to be, oh, I just made a P-Funk tribute album called Exodus. <laughs> Uh-huh. That is credited to the NPG, but has Prince all over it, appearing as the imaginary figure Tora Tora mm-hmm. in a red mask. And we're going to take a look at that album in the next episode. Excellent. Very, very good. Well, we hope that you'll join us in a couple of weeks for that as we cover Exodus. We hope that you'll brush up and join us. And thank you so much for spending your time with us today. We really appreciate We know that you... We don't just come on the radio. You make a choice to listen to us, and we do appreciate it. Well, what can we say? You have good uh, taste. That's right. So thanks for having that. (laughs) See you next time. Bye. Forge Audio. Dream it. Build it. Share it.